Turn in your Bibles tonight to the book of James. We're going to be in James chapter number 4. <clears throat> James chapter number 4. And we're going to look at the end of the chapter tonight, beginning with verse number 14. As always, the music has been a blessing, and I appreciate all the hard work that goes into that. And uh, I hope you realize that they don't just show up on Sunday night and sing. A lot of practice goes into it, and I appreciate all the hard work that goes into the music. And I, I thoroughly enjoy uh, our music. Uh, James chapter number 4, <clears throat> I'm going to begin reading with verse number 14. I'm going to read down through the uh, end of the chapter through verse number 17. <clears throat> and I have really a thought that I just want to get across tonight. And so I'm more concerned with getting the thought across than I am uh, with an outline uh, that's alliterated, that's even numbered. And so uh, I want to spend some time in the introduction this evening, and then the actual outline will probably be much quicker than the introduction. So if it seems like I'm going long in the introduction, be encouraged, because it's going to be longer <clears throat> than the actual uh, outline itself. So James chapter number 4 and verse number 14, Whereas ye know not what, your, what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live, and do this or that. But now ye rejoice in your boastings, all such rejoicing is evil. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Now we're going to look at these four verses tonight, and uh, some interesting uh, thoughts uh, that the Lord uh, gives in Scripture. Uh, I'm not going to touch much on it, but it's interesting. Uh, he calls something evil in verse number 16. He refers to something as being sin. Uh, you and I as Christians, we need to pay attention to what God calls evil uh, and what God calls sin. Uh, many times we like to be the determining voice in what is good and evil, what is right and wrong, what is sin and what is not. And tonight I'm going to hopefully... Uh, shed some light on this passage of Scripture and get us thinking about this one life that we have. You realize that we do not get a do-over. We realize, Do we realize tonight that we have one life? Now I want us to look at that question in verse number 14. For what is your life? I want you to think about that this evening. Father, I pray that with the time remaining we have, may the Holy Spirit of God direct everything that goes on uh, may my attention, my focus be uh, in, in tune with him. Uh, Father, I pray that the listener tonight will uh, surrender their thoughts to the Holy Spirit, will uh, surrender their heart to his leading tonight. And Father, you know the truth that you have impressed upon my heart, the thought. Uh, I pray that you'll help me get it across this evening. And uh, may we take advantage of this wonderful gift of life that you have given us. And uh, Father, may we realize how valuable of a gift it is. Bless our time this evening. May it be a help to us. Uh, may something that's said tonight help us to determine to do more for you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And we look at that question in verse number 14. For what is your life? In uh, the, the scripture, ask the question and then gives us an answer. And we need to look at what the Bible answer for that question is. For what is your life? Uh, it is even a vapor. That appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Boy, life goes by fast, doesn't it? I realize that 
there are some in the building this morning, there are, or this evening, there are children that sit in here and they, and, and they think time ticks by slowly. Even to the teenagers, even to the, uh, up to the young adults, well, I've got so much time ahead of me. Then you go to the other end of the spectrum, and some of you are even parents tonight, and you have children in the nursery, and it's like, will they ever sleep through the night? Uh, well, I can't wait till they can walk, and I don't have to carry them everywhere. Oh, I wish they could talk, and then time will pass, and, and you'll wish they couldn't talk, you'll wish they couldn't walk, and, or maybe you get all the way on the other end of the spectrum, and it's like, well, you remember when our children were young? Remember when they were in the nursery. Remember when uh, at certain points in our life, and we're reminded, and we're all reminded, and the longer we live, we're going to continue to be reminded that life is but a vapor. It goes by very quickly. Tonight I'm 45 years of age, and I know that shocks you that I'm that old this evening, uh, but I realize that if the Lord tarries His coming, I, I more than likely have lived more than half of my life tonight. And, and we look at our life and this life that God has given us. And this evening, by way of introduction, I just want us to be reminded that we have one life, only one to live, and it is a vapor. It goes by very, very quickly. And let me just be practical this evening and say, take advantage of the life that God has given you. Enjoy Every season of life. I give this counsel whenever I'm dating a, uh, whenever I'm counseling a dating couple. Uh, there we go. I'm a little fatigued today. Um, uh, enjoy every season of life. And what I mean by that is when you're dating, enjoy dating. Uh, when you get engaged, enjoy that season. Uh, when you get married, you're newlyweds, enjoy that. Then God gives you children, enjoy that best you can enjoy that season of life then as some of you some of you are experiencing for the first time in recent days and it's it's coming up very quickly uh, the empty nest and your children are grown and they get out of the house enjoy that enjoy and some of you are even beyond that and you and you look back on your life and let's just be honest you you're in the, the that final season we don't know how long it's going to be I say enjoy that as well Every season of life that we find ourselves in, realize it is a gift. That's why we got to take advantage of every day that we have. Uh, you can never, once this day ends, you can never live it again. We can never go back to August of 2019 and live it again. When this year ends, it's done. Can't go back, can't revisit it. Hey, when the children are grown, you can't go back. Uh, enjoy every aspect of your life because it does go by quickly. It is a vapor, as Scripture tells us. But I want us to look at a couple of other things in this passage of Scripture with that question in mind, for what is your life? And then the answer the Scripture gives us, it's a vapor. And let me just say here, I'm not trying to be uh, morbid or, or put a uh, uh, cloud over the, the service tonight. I was thinking about uh, the quickness of our life, but I do want us uh, to realize and be reminded that's why eternal life is so important. That's why eternal life is something to treasure and hang on to. That's why tonight, if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, 
before you leave the building, before you leave the property, get that settled. Because when this life is over, it's done. It's going to go by quick. It does go by quick. That's why through Christ we have eternal life. And we will live for eternity in that beautiful, perfect place that Christ is preparing for us. But it goes by quickly. And with that in mind, I want us to look at verse 15. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and we do this and that. The scripture is reminding us, don't make plans without God. Don't make plans without God. We do it very quickly. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. And I know we, we, we take for granted that we're always going to be here. We take for granted that all of us tonight, we assemble together. Now, there's some not here because of, of sickness and things of that nature. But we have no guarantee that a week will even go by and we'll all still be on this side of eternity. We have no guarantee of that. That's why we should take advantage of it and realize that uh, God has given us a great gift in life. Verse 16, we're reminded, but now you rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. I want to draw your attention to verse number 17. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. I imagine uh, most of us have read that verse of Scripture before. I imagine most parents have quoted that verse of Scripture to their children before. Uh, I imagine that if we have some sense of responsibility in some area, uh, and, we, and we, in a spiritual manner, we have probably used that to compel others that we ought to do the right thing because if we know we should be doing something right and not doing it, the pastor's not saying this. Uh, the Baptist church hasn't issued an edict saying it. The scripture says, to, therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Now this is not just uh, in the uh, things that you would think of uh, in being honest and, and being courteous. And I would say this evening, uh, it, it, you ought to be honest. I would say you ought to be courteous. Uh, you ought to extend uh, grace and compassion in those things. We should do that. And teachers, uh, just let me remind those of you that teach him, especially some that like to use this verse on me, it has nothing to do with your grades. It has nothing to do with your homework. Uh, but let me put it into context what it does mean. Verse 14 speaks of that life. The one life God has given us. And the scripture reminds us it's a vapor. It goes by quickly. It's here, then it's gone. The chapter is summarized. The chapter ends and concludes with verse number 17. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good. In context of what? The life that is spoken of. In verse 14, therefore to him that knoweth to do good with his life, and doeth it not to him, it is sin. See, God takes more seriously what you and I do with our life many times more than a Christian does. Because God is the giver of life. And we are admonished to not waste our life. 
Therefore to him that knoweth to do good with his life, the life that's a vapor, the life that's a gift from God, the life that we have one opportunity to live, therefore to him that knoweth to do good with that gift of life, and doeth it not, it is sin. I want you to listen very carefully to me just for a moment. I may not even get to the outline because I want to drive this point home tonight. We are blessed as the Emmanuel Baptist Church. I'm in my seventh year as pastor and God is just blessing. But there's decades behind before I even became the pastor of faithfulness and God's blessings. And one day there will be thousands upon thousands of young men and young ladies who have been reached with the gospel through this ministry. There will be many in heaven because of the impact and the influence of this ministry. What a place to have our families. What a place to rear our children. What a place for young men and young ladies to find the spouse that God has given them in the church that God has protected and God has blessed. God has truly blessed you and I. And we have for decades understood that the Christian life is a spiritual warfare. The Christian life is something that is precious. Something, that's why our children, that's why we want to fight the world and, and, and fight the devil and keep the things away from our children and rear them according to the word of God. But I want you to listen very carefully to me. I want every young person to listen to me tonight, every teenager to listen to me, every single adult to listen to me, every young couple and, and beyond uh, to listen to me this, this evening. To him that knoweth to do good with his life, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. I believe there's a lot of Christians who never say a curse word, and they're living in sin. They never go to a bar, and they're living in sin. They, they never do anything illicit and what we would call filthy, as far as God is, the scripture is concerned, yet they're living in sin. And they will live their whole life, yes, entering the church doors, but living in a life of sin. You say, Pastor, what are you talking about? Uh, do they have uh, things in their refrigerator they shouldn't have? No, I'm not talking about that. These are those who would never say, say, say that a curse word. These are those who would never go to those places who they should not go. They would never watch things they should not watch, but they're not using their life for the good that they know they should use it for. Listen very carefully to me, young people. You have the privilege of growing up in a good church. You have great opportunity for the Lord ahead of you. And you know what? God has blessed us. He has reached in our midst in the past, and He has called young men to preach the gospel. What a high honor. What a great joy. God has reached in our midst and touched the heart and put the call on, on couples to go to the foreign mission field. What a great honor. What a great joy. But let me help some of you tonight who are running from the will of God. I am weary as a pastor in 2019 with the billions of souls that hang in the balance 
with Christ's return, imminent turn at hand. I am weary of young men and young ladies and young couples of living in sin. What sin are you talking about, Pastor? I'm talking about the sin of having a life that God has given you, of having a life that God has bestowed upon you. He puts you in a church where you hear the truth of the Word of God. He puts you in a church where you have people surrounding you who pray for you and love you and have been faithful to teach you the Word of God. You're in a home where you have a mom and dad who care for you and bring you to the house of God. You have a home where mom and dad pray for you so that God would do a work in your life. You have opportunities that nobody else has. You have opportunities that your own parents did not have. You have opportunities that your own teachers did not have. And God has placed you in an opportunity and yet you take your life and you say, I want to do what I want to do. I'm not called, Pastor. Well, let me help you with something tonight. I'm not talking about a call because only God can place that call. But you have one life to live. You have one opportunity to live for God. For what is your life? Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good with his life, and doeth it not, it is sin. All over this country, we have young couples who have gone through Bible college and are living in sin. They haven't left their mate. They're not living a wicked life. But they could be doing something for God, and they're not. This is a church that believes in righteousness, believes in holiness, and yet, in the midst of the Emmanuel Baptist Church, there's some tonight, you're living in sin. I'd never catch you coming out of a bar. But I'd never catch you knocking on the door either. I'll never catch you using words that you shouldn't use. But your pastor will never catch you speaking words of encouragement or teaching a Bible lesson on a Sunday morning. You sit with your one life that God has given you. And I commend you for living a clean life. I commend you for still being in the house of God. But according to my Bible, therefore, to him that knoweth to do good with his life, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. There's Christians sitting in churches just like this one, including this one tonight. You'd never spend a dollar on alcohol. You'd never spend a dollar on something to put on your television that is unholy and ungodly. You'd never spend a dollar on some vice of this world. But you have a hard time spending the money that God has given you to keep the things of the church moving forward. You have a hard time taking that same money that God's given you and supporting a missionary to go to the mission field. To him that knoweth to do good with his life, to him it is sin. The problem we have in our nation today is not the wickedness of a lost world. They're lost. They're without Christ. 
They are in their natural state. They are acting just as a lost person is prone to act. The problem we have is we have Christians living in sin. The sin I'm talking about is wasting the life that God has given them. Wasting the life, the opportunity that they have. I'm weary of it tonight. If you'll just allow me to express my frustration just for a moment of young men and young ladies. Pastor, I don't want to prepare for the ministry because God has not called me. Friend, I can't call you. I would never attempt to call you. But what about the billions of souls that hang in the balance? God has given you one life. He's put you in this planet at this time. He's put you in this church, in the home that He's given you, with the pastor that He's given you. He's given you one life. Why would you waste it? Therefore... To him that knoweth to do good with his life, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Every Christian in here tonight knows you ought to read your Bible. You know that's a good thing to do. We get a little pharisaical as Christians, don't we? I don't, I, I don't live like the world lives. I wouldn't say the words that they say. I wouldn't vote how they vote. I wouldn't go where they go. But you're living in sin because there's things with your life you know you should be doing. It's good. You could do, and you're not doing it. Every Christian here knows you ought to pray. You've got to pray for your pastor. You've got to pray for your spouse. You've got to pray for your children. You've got to pray for your parents. You've got to pray for your nation. You've got to pray for your church. That's a good thing to do. Pastor, I would never do. And we'll name our list. But are you wasting the opportunity before you to do some good in the prayer closet. I'm speaking to a very generous giving church. Well above average. But quite frankly tonight, there's some of you living in sin. You say, Pastor, I'm tithing. I'm, I'm not talking about having a curse on your life. I'm talking about having the capability and the means and the impression by the Holy Spirit of God to do something with the finances that God has blessed you with, to do a good thing. But you're wasting the opportunity God has for you. Young people, young and old alike, please grab hold of this thought. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good with his life, and doeth it not, to him, it is a sin. Young adult, what are you doing with your life? Well, I, I'm keeping all the rules. I'm so tired of hearing about rules. Not because I don't believe in them. The Bible sets rules, if you will, standards for our life. But when did that become the standard? When did that become the level that we try and rise to? 
what about the life that God has given you? What about the good that you could do? There's more to life than making a buck. There's more to life than, than, than achieving things in this world. God has given you one life to do good. And if you don't use your life to do the good that you could do and only you could do, you're living in sin. Very quickly, let me give you the outline. Number one, consider who gave you life. God gave you life. What a precious gift. With this life, we get to enjoy the things of life. What, what, what memories we get to make and what things we get to experience as we watch our, our, our children's grow, uh, children grow and experience things with our family, things of this life. God gave us life and we can glorify Him. We can honor Him. And because of eternal life, we can for all of eternity bow at the feet of our Savior and magnify His name. Remember, consider who gave you life. Boy, I'd like to remind a generation of independent, fundamental Baptist young people, you didn't give yourself life. God gave you your life. And scripture reminds us that He also purchased us. He owns us twice. We consider who gave you life. Number two, very simple, honor God with your life. Be holy. Do what's right. Number three, use your life to invest in others. Use your life to invest in others. For what is your life? It is but a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Your life is going to end if the Lord tarries his coming. Christ does not return, every one of us will take our last breath. There'll be a funeral service of some sort. There'll be a grave marker. Our life is coming to an end. But your influence doesn't have to. Your influence can live beyond the years that you live. How does that happen? By investing in other people. Use your life to invest in others. Every parent ought to invest in their children. You ought to invest in your children. Teach them right and wrong. And, and, and teach them how to work. And I shouldn't have to say it, but in this day I, I do have to say it. Teach the, the young men to be men. Teach the young ladies to be ladies. But invest in them. Invest in souls. Aren't you thankful that with this one life through salvation we can have eternal life? But what a joy it's going to be when we get to heaven and we see people who are there because we invested in the souls of men. Say, Pastor, why do you put an emphasis on giving to missions? Why do you put an emphasis on us growing and expanding because there are eternal souls in the balance. 
Invest in the souls of men. Invest in the life of somebody else. Christians are too selfish. I'm thankful for what we get at the Emmanuel Baptist Church. If we just came, sang the hymns with the spirit that is here, listened to the special music, listened to the choir, and went home, we'd have a blessing. Not near as much as hearing the preaching to, but we'd still have a blessing. God has blessed us. You, you, you get spiritually fed. You get fed scripturally here. You get the Word of God. If you'll listen to the Word of God, you'll grow as a Christian. That's the way church ought to be. But while you're here at church, won't you serve and invest in somebody else? I'm going to do something very quick, and, then, and it's going to embarrass her. And I, I'm going to enjoy it. Where's Mrs. Nelson? Is she awake? Oh, there she is. If Mrs. Linda Nelson has ever taught you in Berean Christian Academy or in a college classroom, would you stand to your feet for just a moment? I'm already standing. But she, how many of you she threw out of class? Raise your hand. Would you look around the room for just a moment? I think you can be seated. That's investing in the lives of other people. So what is your life? What's going to be the testimony of your life? You drove a nice car. Jack lived in a nice neighborhood. Nothing wrong with those things. But is that going to be the summation of your life? What is your life? You lived a job, you worked a job, then you died. Is that the summation of your life? What is your life? Now, I know I'm speaking this directly, more directly to the younger generations this evening. I want you to listen very carefully to me. Don't live a life of sin. Tonight, I'm not preaching about the vices and the sin and the enticements of this world. We'll get to that on other Sundays. But don't live a life of sin because you know there was something you were supposed to do. Some good. Let's push, well, I'm not called aside. Okay, you're not called. What would be wrong with you using your life to just do good? To just help somebody? To just keep somebody out of hell? Just teach a little class of little boys and little girls and just so uh, they hear one time a week that somebody loves them. See, some of you could do that, but you don't. And according to what I find in my Bible, it's sin. Because you could do something good with your life, and you're not. And some of you singles tonight, I want you to listen very carefully to me. You are this close, you are this close to wasting your life. And tonight you say, well, I'm in the church house, and I commend you, because there's a lot that aren't. I commend you for being in the house of God. I commend you for serving in some in some areas. 
But there's something you could do with your life. God has placed you in a church. God has allowed you to be reared in a home. And he's given you an opportunity ahead of you where you could do something with your life to make a great difference. You could do something with your life to keep somebody else out of hell. You could do something in your life to just invest in them and invest in them. And maybe one day God will use them to do something great and mighty for him. But you're going to waste your life on yourself. You're going to waste your life on something else. I, I commend you, I implore you to continue to be in the house of God, but don't waste your life. There might be somebody in the choir tonight. I commend you for working hard and being in the choir. Brother Stanley's easy to put up with, but that pianist, I know. You could be in the choir tonight and living a life of sin. Well, it's a wonderful thing to serve in that capacity, but are you doing what you could do with the life that God has given you? Then the last thing I'll mention by way of outline is use your life to help build a work for God. That apply to everybody in the room tonight. Use your life to help build a work for God. We sit in a church tonight in a ministry that God has built. Don't we rejoice in the goodness of God? But he's used the lives of the people in this room and others to build a work for him. There are many, thousands upon thousands, will be in heaven one day because of the efforts of this church. What a wonderful testimony. What a wonderful legacy. We're not done yet. We're not through. We're not finished. See, Pastor, it seems like this world doesn't want what we have to offer. It just seems like it just seems that people just fall by the wayside. Say, does that discourage you? No, it doesn't discourage me. Because the more that, that, that hell gets stirred up, the more I know that God wants to bless and God wants to use. Why don't we all, whether you're, you're a young person in the room th this evening, whether you're a young adult or you're a young couple or all the way up to our senior saints, why don't we just determine to use the life that God has given us to build a work for Him, to leave something for Him? What is your life? Practically speaking, those of you that are sitting over here in the teen group, some in the choir and other places, don't waste your life. Don't waste it. I implore you, don't go waste it on sin. Don't go waste it on this world. God's given you one life. Don't waste it living for yourself and running from God. But don't waste it. Don't live a life of sin while sitting on a church pew. Knowing there's something good you could do for God. And you're not doing it. Let me speak just for a moment to those who you've lived a lot of your life. And if you were honest tonight, this is a message that's hard for you to hear. Because you'd say, Pastor, I've wasted a lot of my opportunity. I regret 
Let me just say very simply to you, don't waste what's left. Don't waste what's left. Okay, so you got away from God, and there's a price to pay for that. And, and, and I don't have to speak to you tonight about, 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 about the price that has to be paid and just our own sin, the, 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 the destruction that will bring to us. But friend, you're here, you're still alive, you're still breathing, there's still life ahead of you. Don't waste it. Live it for Him. Don't waste what's left. Don't let the opportunity that you, that you failed to take advantage of in the past rob you of the opportunity that's ahead of you. Therefore, to Him knoweth to do good with his life doeth it not to him it is sin what is it what's the good that you could be doing with your life and you're not tonight I am convinced I am convinced as sure as I'm standing here we need a revival in our churches. I'm talking about our Bible-believing churches, our Bible-preaching churches, our churches that still believe in holiness and still believe in righteousness, our soul-winning churches. We need, a we need a revival. We need Christians to get right with God. Oh, I'm not speaking tonight of them giving up the, the vices of this world, but to use the life that God has given them to do the, the good that they could do for God. I could call some up here tonight to give a testimony and say, and they would say something like this, I wasted many, many years. I have regrets. They might say something like, I was the prodigal. I left. I paid the price, but thanks be to God, the father was on the porch waiting for my return. And they would admonish, and we, we need to hear that, and every young person needs to hear that. Stay away from the sin of this world. Stay away from the pig pen. It will rob you of your joy. It will rob you of your decency. It will rob you, and you'll come back different and scarred. But I don't know if that's the kind of testimony our young people need to hear tonight. But I think I could call some others up. And with hung head, they would say, I've wasted my life in sin. But I've never drank a drop of alcohol. I've wasted my life in sin. And I don't use curse words. I've wasted my life in sin, and I've never been to the pig pen. So, Pastor, that just doesn't, that just doesn't match up. That just doesn't make sense. It does in the context of therefore, to him that knoweth to do good with his life, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. There's a lot of regret from Christians about the things they did. But there's a lot of regret, and there's going to be a lot of regret from Christians about the things they did not do. Tonight, let's let this truth 
grab a hold of us. But what is your life? It's a vapor. It's here. It's gone. Then we're on a page of history. It's what we did with that life God gave us that's going to make a difference in the life of somebody else. Who tonight is going to determine what young man, what young lady is going to determine, I don't know if God's called me or not, but I want to use my life to do good. What young couple would decide that they'll get off of the sidelines and let everybody else invest? They'll invest alongside and use the good, use the life that God has given them to do good. What, what, what Christian tonight is going to say, you know, I may have some things in the past, or maybe this is the first time I've ever been in a church like this, a church that's, that's pointed in a direction and serious about doing something big for God. And, and I, I've never had those opportunities before, but tonight, with the life that I have left, I don't want it to be wasted. I want it to be used to influence somebody else. Hey, you're not taking money with you. Not taking prestige with you. But you can leave behind the influence in the life of somebody else. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good with his life and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Father, I pray tonight.